Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today you'll meet Ken Curry, a medical doctor, a cardiologist, and a champion pickleball player. Let's see how that works. Thanks for joining me for this season three of Bob's Your Uncle podcast, episode 21. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of my guests. I hope you enjoy Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor. It's one of my favorites. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what matters to you, what triggers your joy, what bothers you in the world. Let us know. We'll see where the Spirit leads us. Whether you're at home, online, on the road with me in your headset at the gym, or out for your evening constitutional, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we will be. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. date in history, the 2nd of May in 2011, Osama bin Laden, founder of the militant Islamist organization Al-Qaeda and mastermind of numerous terrorist attacks, notably the 11th of September attacks, was killed by U.S. forces in Abbottabad, Pakistan. In 1920, the Negro National League, founded by Rube Foster, held its first game. It was considered the first successful professional baseball league for African Americans and notable players included Cool Papa Bell and Satchel Paige. And in 1803, the United States bought the Louisiana Territory from France at a rate of less than three cents per acre for 828,000 square miles, which soon proved to be a tremendous bargain. And that's the historical marker of the week for the 2nd of May. Today you're going to meet my friend Dr. Ken Curry from the United States who's actually over visiting here with his wife in Brisbane and you'll find out why in just a moment. Ken Curry, welcome to the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. We met here in Sydney over six years ago, but you're not from here. Where Where is home for you? For me is uh, the southeast side of Washington State in a place called Kennewick, Washington. Were you born and raised there? Well, I was born in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is kind of the mid part of the mid part of the United States. Eventually, you became a medical doctor, even a cardiologist. Are you still practicing? I am. I've got one more year. I'm what's called a, a cardiac electrophysiologist. So. 
what I deal with is heart rhythms, anything to do with the heart rhythm. Uh, so pacemakers, implantable defibrillators, somebody that has a heart problem with their rhythm. Are you good at drums? At drums? Oh, I used to play drums until my mother told me, no way. <laughs> it's too loud. <laughs> yeah. Who got you into the profession of medicine? Well, I had a mentor. I used to be a tennis pro. And when I was teaching a cardiologist, I, I really got kind of very interested with him. And he took me aside and he became my mentor. And so cardiology was really fun. I was, I've always been an athlete and working with, with a fellow named Dick Flanagan in Denver, Colorado uh, is, is what got me interested in medicine. You have a lovely daughter. And as a result of her moving to Australia, you began coming here. What was her profession that got her involved in Australian theater? Well, she's a ballerina, professional dancer, and she met a fellow named Nick Cooper uh, when they were in New York City. When she was in New York City, Nick came to visit, and uh, she was in an organization uh, called, uh, it, it was dealing with actors, musicians, dancers, uh, and it was a Christian organization. And so Nick had a cousin in New York City, and they met through that organization and fell in love. And, and she ended up moving from New York City to Sydney. Well, it's actually Melbourne. And they, they also danced in Sydney. So Nicola is her name. And, and she joined the Australian Ballet and danced there for eight more years after, after dancing in, in New York City with American Ballet Theater for 10 years. Was, was that hard on your wife and you to let your little girl go? That's brutal. <laughs> I mean, that's a long way. This is a long way away. Yeah. <laughs> it's very far across the ocean. But now she's given that up for a short while. She's given you two little gifts lately. What, what was that? She had twin boys. Ezekiel and Abraham were born about a month ago. And so that's why we're here now in Brisbane. Uh, Nicola joined Nick in Brisbane. And uh, we're meeting them for the first time. So it's been pretty special. Those little kids, is, is being a grand, is there anything better than being a grandfather? Wow, I don't know. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> right up there. Yeah, isn't they're it? really special little kids. Now you mentioned that <laughs> you used to be a professional tennis player and coach and tennis pro, you know, you, you coached. So tennis was your life for a good lot of years, but we met because of a game called pickleball. That's another world altogether, isn't it? Oh my goodness. It, <laughs> it's created a lot of opportunities, a lot of fun, and uh, a lot of old tennis players or ex-tennis players are now getting into the pickleball scene and same thing with racquetball, badminton, table tennis. But now uh, I never thought it would grow to the to the position it has right now in the United States, even in Australia, it's exploding. And uh, it's just a very, very fun sport, as you well know. <laughs> when when we met, you came and conducted a clinic for us in Ride. It was the opening of Pickleball in New South Wales, officially. We had 17 people. I don't know where they all came from. And you were marvelous, and you taught us, and you left a couple 
paddles and a few balls and and we started some more hit and giggle clubs here and there and we it probably was a year before we had seven playing days a week and we had one place to play every day right and now just a few years later we have at least six or seven places to play pickleball in sydney alone and that's every day oh yeah and i became the president of pickleball new south wales and the first chairman of the board of pickleball australia uh, with your son-in-law nick um, on the board too we had a, a great time with governance now neither of us is on the board because it's good to have rotation um, and we now have, if I if I heard it right, just a couple of weeks ago, we have eight thousand players in Australia, four thousand of whom are paying members. Wow! Yeah, that's it's pretty exploding. amazing. And everywhere I go, I take my paddle. My wife and I went to Adelaide, South Australia, for the tour down under back in January. And every day I played in that one place to play every day in Adelaide. They're a couple of years behind us. But you know, and I know that it's going to keep exploding. Why do you reckon it explodes? Why do you reckon it's so popular? Well, pickleball is a very unique game. It's easy to learn. It's much easier to learn than tennis. And I think it has more possibilities in terms of shot selection. It's easier on the body. I, I tell you, when I quit playing tennis, uh, it was when the game had, had changed and it's, it's now a power game with heavy topspin. And when people get older, it's just harder on the joints and pickleball. I get the same joy uh, and same shot selection in many regards, only more shots you can do in, in, in uh, pickleball than you can in tennis, but the young people are getting into it too. I mean, now that you have people, teenagers and people in their early 20s and 30s in fact i just got back last night we were up in uh down the gold coast and i think probably 90 percent of the people in the group were less than 35 years old and and they were some very high level pickleball players so i think it's just really fun number two you're very close to your opponent and so you can interact uh and it's it's much more laid back in some respects than tennis. So, uh, you, but you can still smash the ball. You can hit the ball soft. You can hit lobs. It's just like playing chess on a big court and you have to set the point up. And it's very addicting. Like you say, for some reason, it's just, it's much more addicting than tennis. I think part of that is, is it's almost cerebral. Uh, if, if you don't use your head, you're gonna lose. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. It's just a very fun game. And you've won some championships, haven't you, in pickleball? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. I won the U.S. Nationals several times in men's doubles, and and we won it in mixed doubles. I uh, won it in singles, uh, in, in age division, not the open. But, uh, yes, I love, I love playing. I'm still very competitive, and, and in fact, uh, Nick and I played a tournament uh, uh, here on the Sunshine Coast last weekend. We we ended up taking fourth, but there were some very good players, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the heart, I mean, you deal with heart rhythms. Does pickleball help in 
in that, in your heart development, in, I mean, well, we certainly know it helps in social skills because you say we're so near our opponents, but do we get our heart rate up in pickleball enough? Absolutely. <clears throat> I think it depends on how you play pickleball. When I play pickleball, I drill probably 80 to 85% of the workout is usually drilling on a day-to-day day. -day day. I, I have a big basket of balls. And so we we hit we miss a ball, I hit another one. And and we just play very aerobically. And the heart rate is a very good workout. Um, if you go out and play social pickleball, it's still good exercise. It's probably not as good. Uh, but it's still fantastic. Uh, you develop core muscles, as you well know. And there have been some studies that the pickleball players are actually some of the fittest athletes there are in terms of high-level pickleball. Ken, let me ask, um, you're also a man of faith. You have a religious background of some kind. Uh, what, what is that? I grew up... Uh, in what's called a congregational church. That's who the pilgrims were uh, uh, when they came across the, the ocean from England to the United States. And then we kind of got into the Presbyterian church and that's really my my church now. It's a Christian church. And, and I think for me, being a Christian really takes the pressure off uh, because I know that God has a plan and I just hang on for the ride. and. I tell you, we've had a daughter, our middle daughter, Alex, was born with a critical heart problem, but we just were led to the best people. And she literally, uh, within the last year, got the heart, the double valve surgery. And even during that whole thing, it, it was, it just makes it easy for me because I know God has a plan and he'll take care of us and, and what will happen is supposed to happen. And so it's, it's been good. Some people have that case Sarah Sarah thinking that kismet idea, but you as a believer in God and believer in Jesus, you have someone to whom to turn and say, thanks. Yeah. And I think absolutely. As I, as I interview people from the globe, I am more and more impressed with people of faith who who say, no, it's not just luck, it's not random. There really is somebody who's not pulling the strings like we're marionettes or puppets, but who's really got the whole world in his hands and I've got a relationship with him and I wanna be in relation. And I just, I love that, I value that. And I see that in you, Ken, I've known you for many years. We've, we've eaten together, played together, hung out, let's keep doing that. And um, I appreciate- That's awesome. Well, I tell you, I think uh, I would encourage everybody to stay healthy. Uh, I think I always tell my patients that good health is not an accident and you have to work at it. And I think that playing pickleball, I'm a big promoter of pickleball because it helps. Uh, I always tell people if I if I wasn't on the pickleball court, I'd probably be in a straitjacket. So it helps get rid of <laughs> it helps me get rid of frustrations. It helps me get active. And then I think eating right is very important. And, and, and the better we take care of ourselves, the better our bodies are going to feel, the better we're going to feel. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of a believer in, in good health. And, and I encourage everybody, if they haven't even played pickleball, to try it. Get out there on the court, and I'm pretty much sure you're going to enjoy it.
That's it. I love it. I love the the addiction that that is. It's not a bad addiction that's going to be a medication for for bad stuff. Art. It's social. It's competitive. It's fun. Yeah. Ken, thanks so much for being on the podcast, and I wish you God's blessings in all you do. Thank you, Bob. Great to see you. And hopefully we'll see you next week up in uh, Brisbane. Love it. All the best. All right. What do you think about all this? Write me on bobmendo at aol.com or comment or even video to me on Instagram or Twitter at Bob's Your Uncle PC. I'd love to know what you think about all this. Don't forget to follow or subscribe whatever your app asks you to do wherever you get your podcasts. We want people to stay with us. We've got lots more great guests over the months and years to come, God willing. Every week here on the podcast, we read from the number one bestseller of all time. And again, today is no exception. From the Bible, the prophet Zechariah, chapter 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I'm going to save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west, and I will bring them back, and they will live in the midst of Jerusalem, and they will be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Next Tuesday, I hope you'll join us live from the Jews for Jesus Art Gallery in Taylor Square on Oxford Street. You are more than welcome to see Walls, an art exhibition. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelssohn, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven. And Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney.